Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Single to Sealed podcast, the hashtag S2S. How the heck are you? Fantabulous. How are you doing, Liv? Our wonderful guest here that's joining us today. (laughs) (laughs) So great. So excited to be back. We're so excited to have you back. And for those of our listeners who haven't heard any of our previous episodes, we had Liv on, what was it, like two months ago on our podcast, and she shared some fantastic information for our listeners, and she's back to do it again for round two. She's not sick of us yet. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Avid listener also. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, Liv's the homie now. Yep. (laughs) So we're going to give you... A fair warning (laughs) that tonight is the first night out of all of our 30-something episodes where we could not get one of the children to bed, yeah, like, at all. And so Raven, the most wonderful second-born in the wilderness, is in the closet right now. In the wilderness. And she has things to say. So just think of this as sacrament meeting Mm -hmm. (laughs) or church, (laughs) and there's kids crying in the background. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where the information is still good and you can still feel the spirit but you know there's that kid yeah who just won't stop crying that may be raven <laughs> yep it's probably raven yeah we already had an introduction for live last time if you have not checked out that episode you can feel free to go back and listen to that as well as listen to this one of course because we want to keep the ball rolling Yeah. And just to give you a super brief introduction, Liv is an amazing dating coach and she has a fantastic program. If you want to learn more about her, we're going to link all of her information in the show notes. You can check her out and reach out to her. You can contact her through Instagram. You can follow her on her blog. She's got tons of fantastic material and also some free material as well. If they want to check out some of your uh, dating tips, can you tell us a little, little bit more about that, Liv, before we jump into the subject today? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I actually have designed a little flirting guide for anyone who feels like that is just not their bag. They just cannot operate into flirting. Um, You know, they feel awkward or just scared or maybe they make too many jokes. (laughs) And this is just kind of a way to see flirting as something really easy, something that anyone can do. And it's designed in a way to not be like copy and paste, say this magical thing and then you get 5 million dates. It's just supposed to be very natural to you. And that's kind of how flirting should be because, you know, everybody's not going to like you. And when you can really be yourself and be more of yourself, more charming in whatever quirky way feels right to you, then you get to share that with the people who are going to be most excited about it. And so that's what the guide is really designed to do. I think that those approaches are really good tips and techniques. As we've learned on this podcast before, it's great to have tips and techniques and way to improve the way that you carry yourself and to communicate with people without becoming a robot robot that's programmed (laughs) to say in this situation i must do this to get date number three (laughs) wait do that again no (laughs) 
<laughs> we have this thing going where it's Jerry introduced it to me. When someone's a true friend and you ask them to do something that they did that's funny again, if they're a real friend, they'll do it again for you. So obviously Jerry just proved <laughs> that he's not my real friend. When we're married. That's that's low. It's just too expensive. <laughs> well, Turns perfect. out you we... can still get friend zoned even when you're married. <laughs> right? Right? Or out Take of the notes, friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that. Um, we will make sure they have a link to look more into all of that for you and get those flirting techniques and tips. And then what did you have to share with us today, Liv? I am actually really excited because I recently published an article that is on my website if anyone wants to check it out. And it's called um, Faith-Based Dating in the Modern World. And it's kind of a conversation to update the way that we as singles in the church talk about tradition, money, and sex in church culture um, to really be able to thrive in the dating world and in the world we live in um, without feeling like we have to abandon our standards. Those are all fantastic things to talk about. We we always kind of joke how in the beginning when we were making this podcast, we're like, how how many different things can we talk about like before we run out of ideas? There's only so <laughs> many things to talk about in 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 dating and preparing for marriage. But then we're like, Oh, there's this idea and there's this idea and there's this idea and there's just so many and there's there's it what it turns out to be is like it seems like there's a few topics but there's so many aspects of that same topic mm-hmm. that need to be covered that's what that's what takes up so much time and and ends up giving you, you know, more episodes and i think the more that the world changes and their idea of dating changes the more topics that opens up in the dating world for christians like ourselves because truly you do have to date differently than than the world does in order to have success as a christian dating because there's different things that people outside of the church and or out of outside of christian christianity will do when they're dating that's acceptable or unacceptable so it's definitely an important avenue to cover and to talk more in depth about. Yeah, exactly. Well, and in conjunction with that as well, we also need to let dating evolve as a practice within the church. And I see a lot with my clients as well as just my audience, they're getting stuck in this idea that uh, they have to keep dating in the way that our parents dated because you know, that's kind of seen as like traditional Christian values. Um, and I think the sentiment is very valuable. Um, but when it comes to actually putting it into practice, we have to remember that we are socializing in a way that our parents didn't even think of when they were 20, you know, like they they had no idea that we would be talking to each other and matching with each other on apps, on our phones. Like, you know, the cell phones weren't even really thought of at that point. So just taking into consideration the way that we socialize and engage with each other has changed so drastically. It's not only okay, but in my opinion, it's quite necessary to let the way we think about dating and approach dating evolve so that we're not 
getting left behind and uh, the purpose in, you know, talking about it with you guys on this podcast is learning how to do it while maintaining those values that you have that are important to hold on to, like you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree with you on that. You know, dating is changing. And just like if we're to look at missionary work, for example, they've totally changed how missionary work is happening right now. As missionaries, even before the pandemic, they were including a lot of social media, where even when I served my mission, what, six years ago, we weren't using any of that. And we were just starting, they were having their testing missions with like iPads and that kind of stuff. And now with coronavirus, they've completely switched to totally virtual lessons and teaching and contacting and all that. And I was speaking to my mission president, actually, he said that it will never go back to knocking doors again because they've realized that there's much better ways to contact people in this day and age. (laughs) And that relates so much to dating. It's like you're never going to go back to meeting people the exact same way that your parents did or they did 150 years ago because things have changed. People have changed and there's easier ways to make connections with people now and to meet people now. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say just about science with my science mind. You know, we... (laughs) with the way we were doing math and and the certain facts that we had about science have changed, you know, drastically over the last so many years. And if you're still trying to solve problems like the old way without the fancy calculators we have today, it takes two to three times the amount of time that you could just plug something <laughs> into the calculator and automatically get the answer. Yep. You know, like it's it's cool to know how to do it the long way, but it's good to know <laughs> that there's a better way. And I think that's what's so important about like our parents and how they dated and their histories, because it's still important to know where we came from, how people dated and, and why we're adapting so that we have a better understanding of what's important to you know, different techniques to use today. Yeah, exactly. And that actually is such a great um, opener into kind of setting the stage for this whole discussion is understanding why we held certain traditions and why we dated that way for a time, right? Um, If you think about some, for example, chivalrous acts um, in courtship culture, um, then we look at, okay, is a man a gentleman if he opens my door, if he pays for our date, if he does X, Y, Z? And for a time... Um, That was the indicator of a gentleman, but also it was very in line with the culture. Like men opened women's doors because women wore these white gloves and they didn't want to get their gloves dirty. And and that's really sweet. and, And it's still a very thoughtful gesture, but that's not how we wear clothes anymore. And so, you know, if a man isn't doing that, then that doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. I think that's in line with your previous uh, episode on chivalry. Yeah, I agree. So how do we how do we update that? What are some of the updates that you have in your mind? <laughs> so um, as I mentioned, obviously, the online culture, um, not just with dating apps, but also with, um, you know, like, People meet each other on Instagram or on Facebook or, you know, just generally online. And, you know, just even 10 years ago, that was kind of taboo. But now 
It's not because that's how we socialize. And I still run into people who will say, oh, I, I won't use a dating app because I'm too traditional for that. And I get it. I definitely understand. But if you're taking into consideration both that that is how we socialize and that we're still in a pandemic and a lot of people can't meet each other in person yet, um, then that's really going to only work against you to hold on to that and say, you know, I, I all just wait until I, everything's perfect to do this in this like storybook way that I've, you know, made up in my mind from stories from my parents and that's how they met 30 years ago, but that's just not how we do things anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to some degree, if we never connect with anybody through social media and we're only finding people through who we meet, like we're super limiting to our sphere of people that we're going to date. And mm -hmm. I, I think that like, especially for like college students or young adults, like especially if you're out of college, most people, <laughs> most people that you're going to be talking to are those who you see at work. And then you're not going to have much more interaction unless you have a pretty active YSA. And then, you know, in college, it's going to be people you see in your in your classes or in your hallways. Again, that's still a pretty large amount, but I imagine in a, in a perfect world where everybody had a dating profile and was matched regularly. I mean, you could find a whole bunch of people right away with things that match just what you like and things that you like. And what's so important about that is that's just like stage one. You know, you're not, your love isn't perfect and you're this is like the sealed deal now because of that. <laughs> but you meet somebody and then it kind of gives you this doorway into comfortability. I feel like already knowing a little bit about somebody, it's not it's not so strange. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's honestly just kind of, I think, taking advantage of this gift of you can meet so many people and in, you know, days past, you were really limited to just kind of who was right there or who your parents set you up with. And I think in the same way that we don't do arranged marriages anymore, we are okay and embracing meeting online. And I think it only works against people really to just completely reject that and say that they'll only meet people in real life because that definitely can happen. I met my husband in real life, but that's, going to work against you if everyone is like, oh, I'm just going to sit at home and, and wait for things to be perfect so that I can have this fairy tale meeting or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I also, it reminds me of that talk in General Conference. It was a while ago, I think. I don't remember exactly who gave it, but they, this mom was, she always cut the ends off her ham for Thanksgiving. And so like it had been passed down through their family that they always cut off the ends of their ham to put in the oven. And then one time someone was like, why do you cut off the ends of your ham? Like, why are you wasting that good meat? And she's like, that's what you're supposed to do. And they're like, no, it's not. And then she found out that it was because like, I think it was like her great, great grandma or something had a small pan. And so in order to fit the ham in the pan, they had to cut the ends off. <laughs> and they had just kept this like same routine and it passed it down because they thought that that was the proper way but it was just how their family had done it because of their circumstance at the time and their like knowledge and ability I guess you could say of what they could mm -hmm. do and so I think that pairs really nicely with what you're saying because you know part of 
growing and being able to take full advantage of what the Lord has given us with technology, we have to be willing to adapt and to recognize what things maybe worked in the past and what things don't work as well now for for us in these days. Mm -hmm. And that flexibility and openness to different ways we can meet people. And I think it's really important that there are dating coaches like yourself, Liv, who are <laughs> a little bit younger because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of older, you know, great dating coaches, but they're also from those times that were very different from the times that we grew up in, which was, you know, I remember in my later teens, that's when Tinder and Bumble and all those started to become bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're super huge with this next generation of people that are dating and marrying. Um, and it's way more acceptable now than it even was in our time when we were looking to date. So part of that, you know, understanding of that things have changed even in the past, you know, 10 years. So we got to grow with that change. I feel like we have a lot of people who still think that if you use a dating app that like you're failed, you're failing at dating. Yeah. Like this is my last resort. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm using Christian Mingle now because I'm bad at dating. Like, and I think that's just a bad way to think of it. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of success stories and a lot more people using dating apps today than you would think. And I think you can tell based on the the ads and commercials. Like anytime I'm watching a show on Hulu or something, uh, constantly getting ads for Match.com, you know, or Hinge, like they're always coming up. (laughs) Like if they're coming up that much, like people must be using them, like and having success. And so, you know, I would definitely say be be open. Like we're not guaranteeing your success just because you use a dating app, but. I agree. Definitely be open to at least making a profile and doing some exploring if you're serious about finding someone. Exactly. And it can definitely be scary and um, it won't always, like you said, lead to success immediately. But um, it's definitely something that is just kind of how it is now. And it's okay to step into that and to use it for your benefit and to make the most of it. And, you know, not necessarily everything about technology or social media has to be bad or evil. I I think that's a common, um, you know, something of a cultural um, mindset is that there's a lot of bad and in social media and, and there can be, but also there can be so much good. And, um, and I think letting dating, change is definitely one aspect of that. Um, I would argue that additionally, as long as we're um, allowing things to change, I think um, it's in our best interest as saints to also acknowledge um, that one, uh, the way that we talk about money and the way that we talk about sex also need to change um, because we are given access to more money now than ever before. Like the the number of millionaires has increased exponentially and women in the workforce is a, a growing cultural shift. And so um, in in days past, we've kind of been really shy about money and, you know, never seeking it out, never uh, setting our heart on it and all of that kind of a thing. But I think that with this shift in how we make money, how much we make and who makes money, I think it's also really advantageous for us to say 
that there there can be space for a different way to look at money. And uh, that's actually something that I've known couples to struggle with is that, uh, especially out here in DC, um, it's it's a really interesting flipping of the table, I guess, because um, women out here on average make more money than the men, at, at least in these wards out here. And, um, and that, you know, has become kind of a, an insecurity for some of the men out here because now they're like, oh, well, you know, these girls are asking me out, they're making more money than me, and they're still expecting me to pay for everything. And so it's like, like things have only shift on, on one aspect of that, but we're not letting it go full circle. So, um, you know, essentially something else is as women are more capable of making money and, and establishing their careers and, uh, being well off financially, then that has kind of emboldened women, I think, to ask men out and to mm-hmm. uh, be a more active participant instead of just kind of a receiver. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's great. I think that if a woman wants to go ask out a guy, she definitely, definitely should. And if you're going to ask out a guy, I think you also should take on the responsibility to pay for the date because uh, that's that's a common courtesy of I'm asking for your time. And so, you know, I will at least offer to pay for whatever I'm asking you to do with me kind of a thing. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to kind of piggyback on what you're saying that as women, we're demanding more, I guess you could say equality and everything, but then in dating, we still want to be, I don't know what the word is, like coddled. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the perfect <laughs> word. And we, like, in every other aspect of our lives, we're like, we want same pay. We want same rights. We want same treatment of everything like we're practically men is what we'll argue right (laughs) we're the same and then in dating we're like oh but you have to pay for my food you have to hold the door open for me or you don't get a second date you have to pull my chair out you have to carry you know kleenex with you to wipe my nose if i need it like (laughs) we just expect (laughs) so much but then yeah we also expect them to completely you know treat us basically like another man in every other aspect outside of the dating world and I think to some degree it's okay, like you're talking about, to accept and expect a certain type of respect, of course. Respect is very important, but what are we qualifying as respect nowadays? And I think it's it's really essential that we reflect and think a lot about how high our demands are for men. (laughs) I mean, back when this was a thing for men to pull out our chair and pick us up and open all our doors and pay for our meals, we were essentially men's property back then, (laughs) you know, maybe, maybe like 30, 40 years away from having been considered just their property. Now it's way different than that. And now women are, you know, make up, what is it? What's the percentage of the workforce? I think women are almost more than men in the workforce nowadays some crazy number I was reading the other day, but we're, we're, we're actively participating in the workforce now, whereas before we were homemakers and taking care of kids. And so we need to evolve with that evolution of women being more equal in all aspects of life. Yeah, exactly. And women are taking on more of that role of 
of going out and doing, then they also need to allow for men to receive if that's what they're doing and, you know, and find a common ground there that is comfortable for both of them. Yeah, I've been about this for a while. And when I was dating Brianna, I totally (laughs) expected that Mm -hmm. from her. And I let her know. I was like, you know, I I just think that dating should be more equal. Like I I was like, for our our next date, like, why don't you plan it? And she was like, okay. You know, and I paid for it. I I planned it and paid for it. And there were several (laughs) dates that we just paid for ourselves because we both had jobs and we can take care of ourselves. Like we can enjoy each other's company without having somebody like pay for the other person, you know, like there's so Mm -hmm. many alternatives. There's not one set way, but I just think moving into this, this future of, Guys need to drop this prideful idea that like in in this dating experience, if I don't plan every day, I don't pay for every day, I'm not a successful man, Mm -hmm. which which we can tend to feel. And like you were saying, if there's girls that can make all this money, I mean, to me, that's just like, oh, sweet. That makes her even hotter that she's successful (laughs) and she makes more money to me. So I've never had that problem. You know, if I was. If I if I didn't find Brianna, I was always looking for a girl already who had graduated and had a job. I'd be fine with that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but otherwise, in a lot of cases, guys are trying to find a girl that's younger than them. You know, you're you're still in college and then you're carrying another girl through school who doesn't have a job yet and may not want to have a job after you get married. You know, you Mm -hmm. never know. And but but you have to allow for that possibility. And I think one thing that can be difficult about that sometimes is when we focus on things like the the proclamation of the family to the world i think that it's important that we don't completely get rid of some of these roles that we understand because you know as we as we understand that proclamation like uh it, it the lord's idea of of a man is to preside provide you know protect <laughs> and it's important to keep that and it also talks about you know women and what their role is and um in in an eternal family in god's perspective but that isn't like set in stone like that's not what every single family 100 percent has to do and there's certain cer- certainly extenuating circumstances where and that's just not possible mm-hmm. well and if you kind of break it down from how we understand provider right traditionally that has always meant the the breadwinner the man brings home the money and pays for their family um and i don't see anything wrong with that what i see as an issue is that um a lot of times women have become that breadwinner and they've become it for themselves which is incredibly impressive that's amazing that we are able to do this but then they are treating men as if they don't need them except to pay for a date. And so I think that what it comes down to is, uh, and and this is something I've talked to with women I've worked with who are very well-educated, they're very well-established, they have a great paying job. And I'm like, that's all awesome. And how are you showing men that they're important to you? How are you showing the guy that you're going out with that you value him and that you want him to nurture you in some way if it doesn't have to be financially? And that's constantly met with kind of a, uh, wait, 
what, what do I have to do? You know, and it's a learning curve and, you know, I'm not trying to be too hard on anyone, but, um, I think that there just needs to be a lot more understanding as we adapt to, um, these cultural shifts that there is still a role for men and women to come together and create that family unit and that we don't lose those values in the terms of how we feel about each other and how we make the other person feel that they are still important and necessary and loved, even if our relationship looks a little different in terms of, you know, traditional provider, if that makes sense. Uh, that totally makes sense. And I think it's really important, especially for the guys, to understand, like you were saying, in wards, how if a girl asks them out and they make more money, it makes them feel inferior. I think it's important that as men, you have to understand that you have way more to offer a woman than how much you make and how much you have in your bank account. I mean, we are not in the 1800s anymore, or the, even the 1900s anymore. And marriage is not all about, you know, money and status anymore. And guys that that provide and preside and protect is a little bit different in today's age because sometimes you don't have to provide monetarily as much or any like we used to or like you used to to need to and to understand that that in my opinion the provide and preside has way more to do with your priesthood responsibilities and the protection that you can offer um, with the spirit and having the priesthood in your home and providing a safe place for your children to grow up in and for your wife to feel comfortable in and pro- protecting her and making her feel safe in your marriage and um, providing that sense of security for your family is way more important nowadays and way more applicable to those those P's than just money. And I think if we make it just about money and who's making the money and who's providing the money for the family, then we're taking away the entire meaning of what the Lord was trying to get across in the family proclamation. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I absolutely love that you said that men have more to offer than money. I think that's so, so valuable in this conversation. Um, And as we grow and adapt and change the way we date, um, there is more need for us to understand our own value, our own strengths, our own confidence, and know at your core, what are you offering someone? What are you offering that isn't assigned a monetary or a a status value? And just who are you as a person? And get down to that and then just kind of let money be what it is. It, it's, in my opinion, it's just energy. It's just nothing, right? Um, and it, it comes and it goes. And if at the end of the day, what's important is do you make each other feel valued and loved? Then that's what matters. I'm just thinking about a friend of mine who said that she kept pursuing all of these guys who are really well off um, and they, those relationships weren't working out. And so she was like, (laughs) so I've, I've decided that now I'm just going to pursue men who don't make any money because, because that's, that means that I'm looking at the right thing. And I think in both situations, she's wrong because it, it only has to do with, do you love each other? And do you love God? 
and whether or not you pursue making a lot of money or a little bit of money, that doesn't matter. I 100% back up everything you just said. I think it's super important that you're looking for that connection, like you're saying. And really, I have such a strong testimony that God, he will bless your marriage and bless your relationship and bless your family so that whatever job you have or whatever you're doing, if you're following the commandments to the best of your ability and you're really striving to pay your tithing and do what's right, that God will bless you monetarily. And I've had so many experiences, even from before I was married, of moments that would happen that had to do with money or had to do with, you know, things need to be fixed on the car and that kind of stuff. And I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And even now, as a married couple, you know, it's rough, especially the first few years to figure out your money and school debt and all that stuff is just can be really taxing. And Jerry and I have always, always made it through with money in our bank account through even some of the hardest times, and even with COVID. And I can testify that that's because we strive really hard to keep the commandments and pay our tithing and have a family that is based in the gospel and around God. And he blesses us for that. And so when it comes down to it, like what Liv is saying, you shouldn't be focused on whether he makes a little bit amount of money or a lot of money. It needs to be focused on whether you two can truly make a commitment to each other and to God to have a holy marriage and strive for that temple marriage that God can truly bless you and help you succeed in whatever path you choose, whatever whatever career you choose. And I just want to testify because I have such a strong testimony about that, that that is true, that he will make sure you succeed. My mission president always told us before we came home from the mission as part of his parting words of wisdom, when people ask us what we're going to do with our lives, because everybody loves to ask you after your mission, like, oh, when are you going to get married? Like, what, what are your plans now? And so he always said to say, I will live the gospel and I will have success. And that's just such a true statement. Just live the gospel and you will have success in whatever you do, because the Lord will consecrate all your efforts. I will say, though, on the flip side of that, if you are somebody who lives a certain lifestyle and you have a goal to live a certain lifestyle where you require a certain amount of income... I think that that's an expectation that absolutely needs to be set, you know, because if if you're going to go into a relationship with somebody and you're not making that much money and you don't have plans to make that much money and don't have resentment for someone later when you can't have some of the nicest things you've always wanted. So, you know, make sure that you have an expectation that's that's set out so that if 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 monetary things is very important to you and, and your relationship, then. That needs to be talked about. Yeah, I should have told Jerry before we got married that I wanted a Lamborghini. It's too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I totally, totally agree. I think that's such a good point to just be really open and honest with those conversations. And like truthfully, when I was dating, I was on both sides of it because when I first turned 18, I was so incredibly poor. And, you know, I think... Anyone who goes to college and goes through that can relate, but um, but I didn't actually aspire to have a job or to have a career or to really make money, um, and you know that really worked against me when I was dating. And then um, actually, I had a bishop who gave me the counsel once to always pay a a more generous fast offering than you think you can pay. And you will never struggle. And 
I started doing that. And and at this time, just to be really transparent, I was making like $5,000 a year and that was it. And, and so for me, I'm like, if I pay $3 on a fast offering, like that's more than I have to give. And then I took his words to heart and then like kind of came out on the other side of it. And then and then I was told I, I focused too much on money because I had a dream and I wanted to create a certain life. And so ultimately, you are not going to be right for everyone, no matter what it is. So I just encourage anyone listening to decide what's important to you, how you want to live, how you want to have a relationship and include God and you're going to be fine. Whatever you want is going to be okay so long as God is in the mix. All right. That sounds good about finances. Did you have another point? Was there sex, a right? Third point? Sex, that's right. Yes. Yes. Talk about so, sex. <laughs> the last point is ultimately sex culture. Um, that's specifically what I think has impacted us as saints and how we date because, um, you know, we missed the 60s, obviously. Um, and I think that we generally were raised with a traditional, you know, kind of sex is taboo household, at least I did. Um, and and not sex, but just like, like not a lot of really open conversations um, around that out of the context of the law of chastity. And that definitely is a great way to discuss it. Um, but I think that we can't deny how prevalent sex has become in every single area and facet of our lives with technology. It's just everywhere. And whether it's the music you listen to, the movies you watch, just walking down the street and seeing billboards or, you know, whatever it is, it's just everywhere and it's so 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 common and I think that if we don't become part of the conversation um, then that is going to work against us in our marriages because um, when when we don't know what our sexual boundaries are in a relationship we can't communicate that to a partner um, especially if you, or I would say, even if you have boundaries, but you don't know why you have them, um, then that is going to be a pain point in your relationship. And it's going to be a major roadblock when you get married to, uh, I think you guys said this in your podcast, just, just go from zero to 100 once you get married that just is leading to a lot of problems and a lot of divorces. Um, and I think the way to combat that is not to take sex lightly or to be really cavalier about it, but rather to understand the principles of it's okay to have sexual desire and it's okay to want to create physical intimacy with your partner and all of these things are natural and not only are they natural but they're godlike and so 
when you have more frank conversations around that, that are really respectful and coming from a place of understanding and knowing what you want to set your boundaries around, then I think that is going to look a lot more uncomfortable for people, especially when you think of um, those conversations that nobody wants to have with the bishop. Um, but you don't know exactly what will lead you there. And then, you know, it breeds a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that I think, you know, the best way to, um, to feel comfortable in your relationships and then in your marriage is just to be very honest and open about it and say, you know, I'm comfortable with this and I'm comfortable with this because of this reason. And I want to know if you're comfortable with that and then leave that conversation open to the person that you're dating so that you are both really comfortable with your boundaries um, and you understand each other. And that breeds a lot of trust. It breeds a lot of understanding and it breeds a lot of love. Going zero to 100 is like, it's, it happens a lot. Like you, like you said, and like we've talked about, and we need to look at intimacy, like learning how to drive a car and learning intimacy from the world is like learning to drive a car from watching NASCAR races or something. (laughs) And how, you know, we're not just going to hop on the highway and take off at 150 and be just fine when we're, you know, have our learner's permit or something. It's it's going to take time for us to learn how to drive the car. And also, as members of the church, we need to take back control of that narrative of sex. Because right now, the world drives this idea of sex. And the less that I think members of the church and Christians talk about sex appropriately and with um, sacredness and in the way that God intended it to be, the more we're letting the world win with their idea of what sex is supposed to be. and. I think that that has to require a certain amount of vulnerability and openness and enthusiasm from us as members of the church and as Christians to have these conversations about sex and not be afraid to ask questions and to talk about it when we're dating and to feel comfortable talking to our bishops about it or our older friends that are already married and not be scared to also, you know, open up when we're when we've made mistakes and when we're unsure and of how to go about things i i think it's really important to recognize that we all are going to make poor choices in this life <laughs> and to not be afraid to go see a bishop if that's an issue and understand that he is there in place of christ to help us stay on the right path and that it's not something to be ashamed of And it's something that we can grow from and we're here to learn more about, about ourselves and about each other and about how to come back from making mistakes and, and work on ourselves. I know that the concept of saving yourself for marriage is still very true with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that all Christian faiths, and some people may be a little bit more tossed up about that, depending on which denomination you align with or personal beliefs. Um, But, you know, on this podcast, we, we, we fulfill we fullheartedly you know, believe in the importance of, of waiting for that and how special and intimate that moment is with, with somebody for the first time, knowing that, you know, all, all, all circumstances aren't always that way, depending on 
someone's history or mistakes that they've made. But you know, this is this is the goal. And uh, I would like to point out again, like we've kind of said before, that just the way that our culture approaches this is just is just different from the world. I I remember when I was like fifteen, fourteen years old, maybe I was on the golf course with my my grandpa, and we were with these other guys, and these guys were just having a fun old time drinking their beers and trying to chat with me, you know, being these old guys, but they were trying to be cool. Hey, you know, what's it like in high school? Are you seeing any girls, you know, gotten laid yet? You know, all this stuff. And they're just like giving me this life advice. And all of the life advice was about sexual activity. And I remember I'm like, man, these guys only can offer me this. And I'll never forget that they told me, and don't forget, man, like being with a woman is like test driving a car. Like if if you don't feel like the car drives right, you gotta let it go. And I'm like, that's just <laughs> it's so sad, and it's just not the experience that I wanted. It's not the experience that I've been taught, and it's not something that we really relate to. We're going to mm-hmm. find somebody, and we believe in finding a strong, intimate connection. And I I 100% promise you that if you're with somebody who really loves you and is dedicated to you, and and wants to be with you, and is, and wants to be intimate, like you will have a good sexual experience as long as you you know have these conversations about what you're comfortable with and so forth going going into marriage because it's not saying that's going to be a little bit awkward i mean you're going to be seeing each other in you know your your full birthday suit you know <laughs> <laughs> and and at this point you haven't and you get over that awkward stage you you're, you're looking for that confirmation that they're not going to body shame you like all these all these things that you're concerned about or going into this it's different for everybody but just just remember that you're not you're not test driving someone like a car you're you're finding somebody that you're so intimately connected with that this person is you're just going to make it work because you love them so much you'll find out how to be intimate with them and it'll be nice yeah exactly and it's (laughs) (laughs) how you said that was so funny (laughs) um yeah, I I just think that you're so spot on with that and um definitely hope that I didn't misconstrue how I feel um that you know all, all of our intimacy is sacred um, and should be reserved for the appropriate time but um but you know like you will learn in your marriage what you're okay with and what you're not um you know there definitely are people who are okay with certain things and other couples are not okay with that when it comes to sex. And I think that when you can start in your dating relationships and say, this is what I'm okay doing right now. And this is what I'm not okay with doing right now. And give this person the opportunity to have that and receive that and respect that. And then that does become easier um, as you grow together and as you get engaged and you say, okay, now we're in this space and we're excited, obviously, about, about growing closer to each other. But this is what I'm okay with right now. And this is where we keep it right now. And then um, and just extend those conversations between each other, to each other, um, and be really, really in tune with yourself and and what feels good and right to you, um, then definitely when you get married, 
you already know, okay, I told you when we were dating that I wasn't comfortable with this. So now that we're married, I still don't feel comfortable with, you know, now this and the ability to extend that trust will bring you closer in your marriage. It'll bring you less stress and worry in your dating stages because you're not like confused with, um, you know, different wards, different bishops kind of have different boundaries as far as like what's okay. Um, and that can be really confusing. It definitely was for me. And so how I, I guess, dealt with that was I just took it to God and I said, okay, like this is, this is what I think. This is what I feel comfortable with. And, you know, I'm trusting in you and I'm remaining close to you. And so now I can take this to a man and I can say, this is what I'm comfortable with. Um, and, and have faith that, um, that, you know, we're still going to keep things in the appropriate boundaries. Yeah. It's, I think that's very important to talk about. And I think going hand in hand with that, it's important to recognize consent. And when you're having these conversations to, with your significant other about not just sex, but about a lot of things in your marriage, having a partner and a significant other that understands consent in all aspects of your marriage and respects your choice and your decision, your body autonomy, and just respects you as an individual, then I think you'll have way less problems communicating things in the future in, when it comes to your relationship. Um, and you'll be able to test this in a myriad of ways when you're dating. Um, if your significant other lets you have the individuality and respects your voice when it comes to all different things you can notice this when you're having discussions or arguments if they respect what you have to say or if they brush you off and then when you have talks regarding sex in the future and stuff you know talking about that consent is number one and how they treat that that is something that you treasure and that you value and you want to be the most important aspect of your sexual activity is that you both consent and if your significant other is not okay with that and not okay with you having a voice and a say and that bodily autonomy, then that is a major red flag. Um, and if if you both are on the same page with consent, then everything else will fall in line because it will be more seamless because you will both recognize that, you know, you both have to be active participants and consent means a wholehearted yes. And so, you know, to have a good relationship, you both have to be active participants and wholeheartedly committing to something, What even if that's a compromise. Um, but you have to both wholeheartedly be able to say, yes, this is what I want. And that's, that's, what's important for a partnership, I think. Yeah, that's really good, Brianna. And, uh, if you guys have been keeping up to date with the podcast, then you will have gotten, um, a lot of information about, um, sexual health and, uh, healthy sex life with, um, Amanda Louder, which we've had just recently. So, um, if you want to learn more about consent and, and sexual talk, just go back to that podcast again <laughs> or listen to it for the first time. just depends where you are. And another note is I know a lot of you guys, after all this, still don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about sex. And, and that's OK. You need to continue to immerse yourself in, in talks about, you know, healthy conversations about intimacy. about yeah intimacy and sexuality so that that's something that you can feel comfortable talking about with other people. And so, you know, continue to listen to this podcast because we're going to have plenty of conversations about that stuff as 
as an important part in in dating, believe it or not. Even though you're not having sex, um, sexual health and, and knowledge is important. Yeah, and I, I feel like if you don't feel comfortable talking to your significant other about you know, healthy boundaries and stuff for sex, then you probably shouldn't be talking engagement yet. <laughs> or talking marriage because I mean, you're going to be intimate with them eventually. And so if you're not re- ready to have even conversations about it yet, then maybe date them for a little bit longer and get to know them, know them a little bit more because that's something important to talk about before you tie the knot. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Liv, do you have any other final thoughts or any other last things that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up the podcast episode? Um. I would say just as a final note on that is even on the flip side to what you just said, if all you can talk about is having sex, um, and I see this a lot, especially with young couples, then you for sure are not ready to have it (laughs) and find intimacy and find connection in subjects that aren't just when you get to have sex with each other, find connection in kissing and, you know, little pecks and, and hand holding and little moments that you can create that are going to be just as intimate in a different way and that are appropriate for the phase that you're in. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's, that's really awesome. And I just, I know from experience that um, sexual intimacy comes after emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to, if you're going to spend that time and energy getting to know someone in the right way, then that just the more better. So I completely <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I would just say in conclusion that things have changed. The world has changed how we live and socialize and date and navigate has changed. And that's definitely okay and we all have the power right now to pave the way and to be pioneers in in our own way and to kind of take back the narrative around dating and all of these topics that we covered Um, and the only way to be a trailblazer is to be involved in the conversation and to be aware and to be an active participant in the changes that are going on so that we can all create that better love and society and outcome that I think we all want and are too fearful or maybe think that things are too far gone to really have. But President Nelson said that even in in the world of chaos, we can still find inner peace. And I believe that having conversations like this and just what you're doing on this podcast that's so wonderful is just having really open and honest conversations. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I love the idea of a trailblazer. And a trailblazer doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a trailblazer for everyone because in the end, this is your love story, your individual love story. And even if we only influence and help change your love story and help it be a healthy one and a fulfilling one and one where you find your true soulmate, um, then that's enough for us. And that's a big enough change for you because you're not just changing the course of your life, but also of, of your eternal companions and your children's and your grandchildren's and your great grandchildren's. <laughs> and it creates a whole wave of a healthy, happy, successful, eternal companionship. 
And that's our main goal here at Single to Sealed is to bring you to Sealed and to sealing yourself <laughs> with your soulmate at the altar. So thank you so much for listening again. Thank you so much to Liv for coming on the podcast and sharing these wonderful tips. You are amazing and we love you. I love you guys too. Thank you so much for having me on, for having me back and letting me be on your podcast. Your podcast is so great. I can't say enough awesome things about it. You can read my review if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you you next time. time.